Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1519. There's no need to panic. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I am a revved up and so excited to bring to you today a very special guest known as Vaughn Hot Rod. He's calling in from California today. Vaughn Hot Rod Valdez is a lifelong hot rodder who's become a legend in pinstripe. You'll find him at car shows throughout the country and the world, sharing his story, his passion, his art with the automotive and motorsports industry. He was born into an automotive family, and his father, Ben, was known as the Rod Father, and Hot Rod eventually created his own hot rod shop in California, a business that he built for over 20 years before selling it to focus solely on pinstriping and taking his very cool art form to the mainstream public. He's a speaker, he's a teacher, he's a mentor, and he's known as the master of the fine line. He's appeared on numerous television shows around the world, and has been the honored guest at many domestic and international car shows. I met him about a year ago at the Classic Car Show down in Costa Mesa, and I can tell you this guy is the real deal. He has a permanent smile on his face, and he's going to bring a smile to our faces today. We'll be back in a minute to talk to Avon Hot Rod, but first, a word from our valued sponsors that make Cars Yeah! possible. We'll be right back. Hey, Cars Yeah! I'm a huge fan of Covercraft. I've protected my vehicles with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft seat covers. They'll protect your seats from the daily abuse of pets, children, weekend adventures, and even those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. All Covercraft seat covers are easy-on, easy-off design that are machine washable. You can choose from many fabric options, colors, and accessories, all designed and carefully sewn for your special vehicles. Their seat gloves are semi-custom fit for cars and trucks, and their seat savers, a favorite of mine, are custom tailored to fit your seats like a glove. Work truck seat covers are tough, durable, denim weight fabric. It's like putting a pair of rugged jeans on your truck's seats. Want to stay warm? Covercraft also offers seat heaters. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. Are you a Cars Yeah subscriber? If you're not, go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send you my free filler up book. It's a very cool book I created of fuel filler fun, some very cool imagery, and great quotes from past guests here on Cars Yeah. Plus, you'll get my weekly email follow-up and my weekly blog. Just go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button, and I'll send it to you right away. Thanks for subscribing. Hey, Hot Rod, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. This is going to be a blast. We are going to have so much fun here. You're going to get the inside scoop on Vaughn Hot Rod. <laughs> well, I love it. Well, let's start with your name because I know your legal name is actually Hot Rod, which is like the coolest name on the planet Earth. But you got this Vaughn in front of your name that I would love for you to share. Where did that come from? Because I find the story really fascinating. Well, thank you. Um well, basically, when I had my hot rod shop, I named it Hot Rods, named after me, apostrophe S. And when I sold it, I can't put apostrophe S on my name. 
about 20 years ago, a uh, Japanese magazine wrote an article about me and they put the Vaughn hot rod on that. And I was curious, why the Vaughn? So I asked them, you know, this is a reference to Vaughn Dutch and stuff like that. So when I got a translation, they were saying it's somebody that's mastered their craft. It's the highest reference we can give somebody. I checked with a few other artists and stuff like that about attaching that to my name. And they, they said it'd be great. It'd be, a, be an honor for you to have that. So that's the Vaughn Hot Rod name came about. And I never want to, you know, because like I said, it kind of represents a little bit of Vaughn Dutch. And Vaughn Dutch is considered the father of our industry. And I never want to mess that up. And I always want to represent pinstriping or the art of pinstriping in, in an honorable and great way where I'm not going to disturb that Vaughn at all. Yeah, you know, I think it's a really nice way that you approached it, but it works so well for who you are Thank and you. what you do. You, you're definitely a Vaughn, you know. I, a lot of people don't know this, but I was actually made in Japan and I have this kind of relationship with Japan, kind of this Zen thing going on with me. And I love the concepts of titles and things. You're kind of like in England, you would be a, a sir, uh, but you're a Vaughn. So I think it's really appropriate. Well, before I jump into the questions here, Hot Rod, Thank you. What's one thing that most people may not know about you? Oh, geez, that's a tough question because I'm a handful. I know, because you're, <laughs> you're out there. Oh, gosh, I have no idea. One thing people don't know, that my my life is pretty much all over social media. It's pretty well public, so. Right, gosh. yeah. Oh, I know, I know, here, something I love. Actually, there's a lot of people... Uh, my food group, man, pizza is my go-to. It's got everything I need. It's got my dairy, my meat, <laughs> my bread. And it's like, and when all else fails, get on a pizza. You know, it's one of those things. Yeah. But what they don't know about me, dude, that's a tough one. Other than living a very private life when I'm off social media, when I'm off from um, not traveling so much or doing appearances, I actually love doing my own gardening. I believe it or not, I'm out there, oh, cool. you know, the, you know, drilling the dirt and just digging my hands in it. It kind of, as I say, it kind of makes me feel normal. You know, I think this is pretty cool. I, I, I love doing the same thing. Um, to me, it it's a meditation process, and my neighbors tease me because I like yeah. to go out and we live in the Pacific Northwest where there's a lot of great plants, and there's these beautiful rhododendron bushes that can get kind of out of control, and I like to kind of bonsai them a little bit. You know, I, right. I take a huge amount of time on each plant to make it just right and clip. And it, it's just kind of a meditative thing. Does that, is that work for you when you're out in the garden? Um, usually it's a little bit different for me because I got, I got surround sound outside. So I'm blaring my, you know, honky tonk rockabilly <laughs> music and I'm doing, you know, outside work. So it's a little different for me. I'm not so much trimming the bonsai trees, but you know, keeping okay. things clean and keeping things nice. But like I said, it just gives me that norm sense of feeling where I'm away from the, the car part of it, you know, not so much the car industry, because as soon as I'm done, I spin around, I go right into the shop and I start working on whatever I'm working on. So yeah. it's just, I guess it's that sense of you're outside, you're outside in the cool breeze and you just, you know, it's, it's just you alone with nature and God and just having a really good time. Yeah, it's, it's an important thing, I think. Now, I got to yeah. ask you, since you love pizza, uh, this yeah. is the big debate, pineapple or no pineapple? Oh, no pineapple. No pineapple. No pineapple. Okay. No. okay. <laughs> I'm very simple, very plain. Give me a pepperoni pizza and we're good to go, man. I'm your best friend. There you go. All right. Well, I'll make sure I bring you one next time I'm down there in Southern California. <laughs> well, let's talk about a success quote or a mantra, some kind of saying that has meaning in your life. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning or the brush creating those fine lines that you create on all the things that you pinstripe. So, Hot Rod, take the wheel. 
Take the wheel. What are you looking for me to say? Uh, well, a quote or a mantra. Yeah, something that has meaning for you. I'm not sure how many people know this, but I was a youth pastor years ago. For something to stand true to my heart would be uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, um, God will guide your path. And that's always stand true to me. I've always trusted in Christ. I've always had him lead me and he's never steered me wrong. You know, right now we're living in a, a world that's, you know, you know, kind of messed up because of what's going on right now, this virus that has hit us. And the crazy thing is people are running amok and God is still on the throne and God will still lead us. And there's no need to panic because, you know, as long as you trust in Christ, you know, that the outcome, you know, that he is going to see us through this. And this is a time yeah. for people to shine that, that know this and share with others and, and welcome them with open arms. And, and as I say, share your toilet paper and share your water. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I write a blog every week and uh, my blog last week was titled Don't Be Rust. And the idea behind it was to, uh, you know, rust attacks strong steel and turns it into flakes. And you see some negativity out there right now with what's going on this challenge. And my goal was to be don't be rust, be steel, be strong and share with others, help others reach out. I'm seeing that in my own community, a lot of people reaching out. Hey, are you okay? Do you need something? I have some elderly families that live around me. Hey, what can we go to the store and get you so you're not exposing yourself and so forth? I really hope that this challenge we're facing now is going to bring out the best and better in people, and and I truly believe that it will. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, one thing about United States, America, is that when we're in the time of need, we definitely will help others. And you can go back to... World War One, World War Two. whenever there was an issue or a problem, Americans grouped together and they started working together. I mean, I don't know how many people, when the food shortage was there, how many people joined together and, and planted gardens for their neighbors and, and everybody yeah. helped each other out. So I think yeah. it's going to yeah. go back to that, even though, you know, we're not a third world country, we're a country that has plentiful. And I think if we all work together and, and just help each other out. Yeah, we can't group in groups right now and events have been canceled, but, you know, now's a good time to to teach a kid how to change spark plugs, to teach a kid how to change oil in the car. Now's a perfect time to get the neighborhood kids together and do something. And, you know, like I said, change the spark plugs, um, wash the car, talk about cars, you know, teach them that cars are not just for transportation, they're for collecting. And this is the history of the automobile. Most kids nowadays don't even have a driver's license at the age of 16. And I remember 16 and three quarters, I was knocking at the DMV door. It's time for me to, <laughs> yeah. you know, get my driver's yeah. license. And, you know, definitely times have changed. But now's a good time to sit down with a kid and open up a Hot Rod Street Rod magazine or watch that video or, you know, watch a a TV show, of, you know, My Classic Car or Car Crazy or something like that. And it's a good time to just hang out with them and explain that. You know, even if you talk skateboards or whatever, put a set of headers on a skateboard for fun. You know, there's a lot of things <laughs> you, you can do now. And it's it's a yeah. you know perfect time. You have that captured audience. A- absolutely. Yeah. Spread uh, some good cheer and good fun. Well, let's uh, move beyond what we're dealing with today uh, and talk about what has you excited and fired up this year about what you do. Um, I mean, you travel the world, you show people, you're pinstriping some cool things. I got a lot of stuff here. I got to invite you over and do some striping in my house here. But tell our listeners what has you excited and fired up about your life and your career these days. Um, what I like is this industry. It's no end in sight, the motorsport industry. And that's gathering everything together from, you know, tuners to four-wheel drives to hot rods and street rods is there's no end in sight. You know, whether we're 
you know, going through something or not, the auto industry is just, you know, at prime. It's, it's excellent where it's at. I mean, like I said, last year, I believe SEMA had said that it was a $8.6 billion industry last year. And that just tells me that there's no end in sight of where this industry is going. What I like is, like I said, as I travel around to different states and actually different countries, the motorsport industry, you'll find that style of person is the most kind person you'll know. I mean, you still get the people that are diehard Chevy or diehard Ford guys, but either one of them breaks down, either one of them are going to be right there handing you a wrench, you know, getting you some gas for your car. You know, it doesn't matter. I've seen many Ford guys or Chevy guys, you know, broken down and the opposite nemesis comes up and, you know, he's willing to, to tow the car, help you fix the car, go get a part. And that's what I like about the motorsport industry. We may tease each other and saying, you know, one is better than the other. But when it comes down to it, we are the first one to to get our hands dirty and, and help you fix that car or go find you a part. And I find that everywhere I go, when I travel out of the country, I feel more American than I do at home. Because when I'm in Finland or Sweden or Australia or wherever I'm at, what I like is they drive American cars, they wear American clothes, they listen to American music, and they fly American flags. And that is such an honor to represent a country where another country wants to emulate us. They're always asking me, you know, what's the latest trend or where do you see the future or what's the latest music at? Or they just want to know what we're doing. And it's to me, it's super, super cool that, you know, I can walk proud in another country that I represent this free world. And, you know, I don't know how many Americans they come across, but I want to make sure that, you know, I, I walk the walk and talk the talk for this auto industry because I'm in another country representing and they only get to see what's on social media or they get to read what's in a book or magazine or see a TV show. So I want to make sure that it's honest and true and that it is what you know we say and it is like it is. So I think that's super cool, man. And I'm, I'm happy to travel or happy to go somewhere because of that. Like I said, there's no end in sight in this motorsport industry. It's pretty incredible. Now, you had a, a hot rod shop. I mean, you've designed and built some very cool cars over time. But, but after about 20 years, you decided to sell that and focus on pinstriping. Now, a lot of people would look at that and go, what? What are you crazy? Um, what, what made you decide that was the right time for you to do that? And obviously it was a good choice because of where it's taken you. I mean, did you ever dream you'd be going to all these countries and seeing all these people? I mean, yeah. What made you, what made you make that transition in your career? I don't know. That's a tough question. People always ask me, why did you decide to sell that shop? A lot of people come up and say how much they miss it. And it was definitely a, a point to hang out, a point to, to, a place to go. And it was just the right time. Somebody walked in and offered me a, a price and it just all fit. Within a week, I was, you know, handing him the keys and walking out the door. It was, oh, it was wow. really good quick. Yeah. It's one of those stories that it never happens that way. And. You know, I threw all kinds of things at him, like I'm keeping my cars, I'm keeping this and that. And he said, I don't care. I want the name. And that shop is still going to this day. And, you know, yeah, it is. It's doing very well. The young man that has it now, he's, he's doing very well with it. You can, you know, find him on social media, Hot Rods of Norco. And he's doing good with it. He makes me proud. He's always coming up to me whenever I see him at different events and asking me questions on the history. And it's nice that he's trying to to save the history of something that we started, you know, over 20 years ago. To me, it's an honor, man. I'll share everything with him. And I've signed his wall and, you know, signed all kinds of cool things and taken pictures with him. And it's just nice. It's nice that we built something so hard. We had a passion. 
you know, I started out at 1,300 square feet and then just grew from there. It's very honorable that people remember it. They come up and tell stories, and it, it's nice. And it's nice to see that that kid that says, yeah, I was a punk little 12-year-old. They used to hang out at your shop, and, and the guy is still in the industry. He's in his, his whatever age he is, and he's got a family, and he's teaching his kids, you know, about the motorsports industry. And that all started because, you know, we spent time with a 12-year-old showing him that what hot riding or street riding is all about. And that's one thing I always encourage is I always say, take a kid to a car show and take him for a ride in your car because there's nothing like getting a second gear chirp and there's nothing like, you know, getting pushed back in your seat when you launch and, you know, hearing the roar of the headers, feeling the the tires grip the ground. And these young kids need to experience that. They need to experience what, you know, not so much horsepower, but what just the, the feel of the car is. And every car has a different personality. So take them for a ride in your 32, your Chopmer, your your Fairlane or whatever you have. You know, take them for a ride, especially if you've got a lifted truck. Get them in there. See what it's like to get that view of looking over the top of everybody else. And it's an experience that you can't explain. You've got to experience it. Like I said, a lot of kids nowadays, they look at cars as transportation. They just Uber here, Uber there. And for us, it's it's about collecting. We've always wanted that, you know, that 50 Merc or that 32 or that, you know, Willie's Jeep or whatever the case may be. And now as we've gotten older, we're able to afford these cars and build a car as we say of our dream. And the crazy thing is, is when I had my shop, you know, that was during the um, the Boyd craze or the mini truck craze. And now these kids that have grown up in the mini truck craze, mini trucking out here in California is super popular. Everybody's looking for those hard bodies and those Toyotas and stuff like that. And they're building them because that was their muscle car back then. You know, kids laugh or right. my parents laughed at me when I was driving a 68 Camaro to high school. You know, that thing's a death trap, you know, because they wanted the big, you know, 55 Chevy with all the steel around it. And so, but their parents laughed at them for driving that such a, a fast car back then. And the same thing when they were growing up, you know, these mini truck guys, we would tease them. Why would you want to drive such a little car? And well, now they're, they're getting them. And now with modern technology, they're finally fixing them the way they want to with their tilt beds and, you know, all that stuff. And I think mean, it's just great. You, you appreciate the work and the passion and you don't laugh at the guy because his passion happens to be a mini truck where yours might be, like I said, the 32 or the 50 Merc. The common yeah. bond is, is the music and the car. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's, continuing on. It's just different. And it it's it's accepted and it's fun. And I, that's an important part of it. Let's talk about walking through your life. I'd love for you to share a big challenge or even a big failure you're facing. And, and this isn't about drumming that up, that challenging time. It's more about what you learned through the process and how that experience helped you gain even more momentum and traction as you move forward in your life. So kind of take us there. I'm imagining there's probably a listener or two out there that might be going through something similar that could be inspired by you and how you worked through that situation. Well, well, like I said, I take an industry that you don't need hot riding, street riding to survive in this world. When I started years ago, you know, before social media, I picked an industry that, well, why would you want to do that? And see, my shop specialized in 1963 on down, right before the muscle car craze. We we dropped off. So we went 1900 on up. And everybody was saying, no, no, you got to get into the muscle cars, get into the 70s. And that's not what I wanted to do. 
And we did um, nail head, Buick nail heads. We did uh, Chevy straight six and Ford flathead. That's what we did. We didn't do any small block Chevy stuff. And like I said, that was during the Boyd um, craze and everything was billet and monochromatic. They were painting all the chrome the same color as the car. And we were building, we were building things, you know, traditional. We were calling it, you know, nostalgia rods and traditional customs. You know, now it, it's veered over to the the rat rod craze, but it's a, the concept is still the same because we were building stuff back then. There was, um, you know, primer existed. It wasn't these flat colors, so you either slated your car in either black, gray, or rust color. That was all that was available. You can add a flattener to a paint, but it wouldn't, you know, react the same. So when we were doing stuff like that, people were going, gosh, you're missing the boat. You're missing the boat. It's not there. It's not there. So we worked twice as hard just to to get that reputation that we needed. And a lot of times, like I said, people were just telling us that it's going to fail because you're not doing any small block Chevy stuff. You're not doing any billet craze. And the crazy thing is Boyd became one of my best customers picking up stuff when people would come in and want a custom rod or a custom car built. He'd have to come to us to pick up stuff or, you know, ask us which, which direction we're going to go with it. So we were, had a great relationship, you know. And then um, as we grew, you know, we started in coming up with our own design of products, re- redoing stuff that was back in the 50s and 60s. We started making that. And the crazy thing is, is a lot of stuff failed because we were doing chrome steel. We weren't doing, like I said, billet aluminum. We weren't doing CNC stuff. And a lot of it failed, and a lot of it was like, you know, investing your own money and, and trying again. But the thing is, is the passion that's in my heart is something that people couldn't, you know, put out. The fire that was in me couldn't be put out. Right, right. And that's the thing. I, I can always tell, I teach at different schools and universities, and I always tell them that I can teach you all the secrets. I can teach you, you know, finances. I can teach you how to take a, a product from concept to design to, you know, the shelf. But I can't teach you the passion. You have to have that drive in you. You've got to be willing to work 15-hour days and technically for no pay because it's a passion in your heart to make this work. For what we do, it's not a click-and-go society. There's no app for what we do. It's hands-on. It's getting your hands dirty and struggling through it. Like I said, not everything is going to come out. It's a little bit easier now than it used to be. I mean, for us, we would draw... Uh, a design and even just a basic bracket on a piece of paper, transfer it to a piece of cardboard, cut it out, you know, put it on a piece of metal, cut it with a torch, grind it forever to make it smooth. And that was your bracket. And well, nowadays it's computer generated, you know, it's a 3D print. Yeah. It's a 3D print. You know, you can get it sized up 3D print and take it over to the laser cutter and have it laser cut with your logo in it or spider webs or whatever. So Taking that technology, I it jump on board with that and accept it. You know, now's the time for the designer to grab the young kid that's either in high school or college that has those skills and work together. So the old guy can learn the new skills, the new kid can learn the old skills about putting things together. And I think it's a great time to live. I think it's awesome time to get all this together and for one common bond. It's just the love of the sport. Yeah, it's a it's we're living in in unprecedented times in many ways in that respect. And you look at the things that can be done compared to the work that had to be done in the back in the old days. Very cool. Well, let's take a short break. Thank our sponsors and we'll be right back. My favorite collector car magazine is Keith Martin's Sports Car Market. I've been a subscriber for decades. Sports Car Market is the Wall Street Journal for the enthusiast and the collector. It's your monthly must read whether you dream of owning a collector car Have two cars or 200. Sports Car Market has been around for 31 years and it's filled with valuable articles 
intelligent write-ups, and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. Plus, you'll get the exclusive SEM guide to restoration shops included for free. At checkout, use the code CARSYA and receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription. It's an exclusive offer from me here at Cars Yeah. I'm Mark Green, and I love Sports Car Market Magazine. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today, and I'll show you how at mark at com or connect with me through the Cars yeah website at carsyeah.com. If you're listening to Cars yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund? If you're like me, investments, insurance, annuities, budgeting, and other financial concepts may seem a bit daunting, but what if I told you there's a book that describes these subjects and more in an easy-to-read and a very humorous way? My friend Chris Kimball, CFP, a longtime sponsor and past guest here on Cars yeah, has written that book, and it's titled The Saga of Ike and Penny, a couple's humorous journey through the confusing world of finance. It's a fun look at things you need to know, everything from investing to effective ways to get rid of credit card debt, and it's probably the only book on finance with a VMAX on the front cover and a classic Mini Cooper on the back. The book's available at Amazon for just $10, and this book will dramatically improve the direction of your financial future. I gave copies to each of my children. All securities are through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Christopher Kimball Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Get your copy, The Saga of Ike and Penny, today. All right, we're back. Uh, you know, you grew up in a car family, so I think you were destined to be a car guy. But was there a pivotal moment in your life when you realized, you know what, this is what I like. I am going to be a car guy. Can you remember that moment? Well, it's not necessarily that. It was growing up with dad. Dad was an ex-sprint uh, car driver and drag racer. So on Saturday, we were always wrenching on cars. And my yeah. thing was, is I hated on Saturdays that we used to have to go to Guys' garages, backyards, junkyards, speed shops, just hunting down parts, you know, to get these cars fixed and stuff. And I just used to tell him there was a store called White Front back in the day. It's kind of like our Target is nowadays where you can pretty much yeah, buy Yeah, I remember White Fronts in Southern yeah. California. Yeah. yeah, and I used to tell him, I go, well, why doesn't somebody just open up a shop like White Front where you can buy everything under one roof? And he goes, well, <laughs> that would go. never happen. You know, that's too much inventory. So I remember I was probably in... I'm guessing fifth grade, I had this idea. I got to junior high and I was playing with the idea. I want my own shop. I want my own shop. Back then it wasn't really a hot rod shop. It was more of a speed shop. And I kind of just kind of was putting the reference together what I wanted. I've always been that kid where, you know, I'm always thinking, I was constantly thinking of stuff, constantly thinking and working on neighbors' bikes and stuff like that, trying to turn them into choppers and different things. That That's just how life was for me. My teacher saw what I was doing. They asked me, I said, well, I'm going to own a hot, I'm going to own a speed shop. And this is kind of what I want. And I was drawing in stuff like that. So they kind of guided me along, go to high school. I'm an average student, you know, nothing, nothing special. Another teacher got wind of me wanting this type of business. So they kind of guided me and told me 
you know, how to go about getting a business and how to go about doing this stuff. And I'm just a wrench monkey. You know, I'm not knowing anything about business. I'm, all I want is a, you know, a cool shed with a hot rods being built in it. So I, I graduated high school. I jumped into college. And let me tell you, the week I was there was pretty fun. I said, this is going to take way too long. And I dropped out. I only was in college for a week and I took off. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was it. That was it. <laughs> Because I said it's going to take too long for me to have this hot rod shop. I, I, this is years. And I go, I need to be here at this age. And I really want to retire at this age. And I said, this is going to take way too long. So, you know, got the grunt job. Uh, the grunt job was terrible, but the pay was high. Stockpiled money for two and a half years. And in the meantime, I'm already flipping cars, developing a, a name and reputation. And saved enough money. And I walked out on the, on the, that job. I you know gave my day's notice, actually, and walked out. And open up my shop. And the crazy thing is, is it's the passion. It's the drive because I took everything I had, all the money I had and, and invested in it and taken a gamble that if it doesn't work, I was young enough that I can just go back and dig a ditch or go back to college. But I was bound and determined to make this work. And again, it's the drive and the passion. And that's the thing that I try to encourage kids, whether it be you want to be the top wrench guy or you want to be the top transmission guy or the top paint guy, you know, find the industry that you like and go to these guys. And I know this is the answer that they don't like to hear, but go to them and volunteer because you have them your resume. That's a piece of paper. There's no personality there. Again, they can teach you the skills and the secrets, but you got to have that drive to want to be the top guy, you know, in the, in this industry or in their business. When you start volunteering for them, they're going to give you the worst job ever, cleaning up the oil, pulling weeds or cleaning the bathroom, whatever it may be. But once you give them that personality of who you are and they see the drive in you, lo and behold, they're going to start giving you one small job, next small job. The best employees I had were the kids that used to skateboard around my shop because I used to skate when I was a kid. So in my shop, I'd build a half pipe inside. So I'd skate on my, <laughs> my mom. Cool. Yeah. And so um, they found out they wanted to skate the ramp. I'd chase the kids. And then I said, you know what? I'm going to start taking advantage of this. And so I started coming outside, giving them bags and say, okay, pull weeds. As soon as these weeds are cleaned up, you guys can skate the ramp. Well, there's eight kids. <laughs> you know, there's eight kids out there. There's six kids out there, whatever. So I'd go check on them later. And there's two kids left. Still pulling weeds. So you invite them in and skate the ramp. Next day, same thing repeats itself. There are only two kids left. Well, lo and behold, I started giving these two kids more work. You know, help me put a set of headers on. You know, help me, you know, change this oil pan gasket or, or whatever the case may be. And these kids started becoming my best employees because they, you know, I started paying them and started putting them on payroll and they started working a regular career. And the crazy thing is, is you could see that passion, that spark in their eyes is they just wanted to work. They wanted to learn. And two of them are still in the industry. One owns a hot rod shop. He's doing very well. Another guy works for SEMA. So you just never know what direction you're going to point these kids in. You know, that's a great story. I love that. You mentioned uh, Whitefront, you know, that, yeah. boy, that brought back memories because I was a skateboarder two way back, but Whitefront became FedMart after yes. Whitefront went under and then FedMart was bought up by Target. And of course, we all know Target um, behind the, the Dayton Hudson uh, empire of department stores. So, wow, that brought back some memories from uh, living down there in San Diego. Well, let's talk about your first really special vehicle. The first car that you finally got, obviously, probably was a car you hot rodded. Uh, what was that? And maybe share a memory you have about that ride. Here's the crazy thing is I started at 14. 
buying and selling cars. What I did is um, dad told me we live in a country that you can pretty much do anything you want at any age. So I borrowed $5 from my dad so I could put gas in the lawnmower in a gas can and push it around the neighborhood to raise money because I wanted to buy a car. So at the age of 14, I bought my first car and I kept doing the, the lawn service around the neighborhood so I can buy parts and fix it up. And by the time I was 16, the car was all finished and customized and all everything you can possibly think of that. And then when I graduated high school, I sold the car, bought two cars, kept one, fixed the other one up, flipped it, bought two more cars, and I kept doing that. So I constantly always had cars my whole life. I was constantly flipping cars. But when I had this shop and was finally making a little bit of pocket money, I bought a 1950 Ford business coupe. It was a chicken coupe in um Yukaipa, California. There was chickens growing in it and had one door open, but I knew what the car was. I yanked it out of there. The flathead was frozen, so I put another flathead in it out of a 50 Merc with a Magneto, and uh, it's running a four-barrel on it. And it's out of, like I said, it's out of a 50 Merc. So I customized that car over 33 years ago, and to this day, I still own that car. It, so that'd be yeah. what we call a shoebox Ford, right? That is correct. It's yeah. I call it I call it my high school custom, meaning <laughs> the guy that it looked like the kid that owned it only could do the essentials. It's nose and deck, it's it's French headlights, French taillights, it's shaved door handles, shaved side trim. It's got white walls on it with flipper caps that I made. It's got white tuck and roll inside of it. It's got a banjo steering wheel. You know, it's got offy heads on it, offy intake. And it's tuck and roll under the hood, tuck and roll in the wheel wells. I drive it all the time. It's a great car. But like I said, I finished it when I, I got a lot of money in that car, you know, way back when. And to this day, I, I consider that my first car that I spent money on that I was proud of. It won numerous awards back in the day. And I technically hit it and uh, I hit it for 15 years until Dennis Gage and came and filmed that show, my classic car, and he toured my museum. And he films that car. So that car is in that, that show. It's a maroon, like I said, 1954. But I still own that car. And that's one car I'll never sell. I keep teasing my kids. You, know, you better take care of that car. That's your inheritance. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think it's just fantastic that you kept that car all these years. And it's a wonderful story. Fantastic story. Well, here's something I'll bet nobody's ever asked. If you woke up tomorrow, Hot Rod, and you were a vehicle, what would you be and why? Oh, geez, that's a tough one. Probably I would go to probably my Hot Wheel car, the 41 Ford that I did. I did that with Gene Whistle. It's a 1941 Ford Coupe that we chopped 12 inches, put a 7-inch body channel in it, again with a flathead because I like flatheads. This one's on a LaSalle Trans. When you get in that car, you have you get such an attitude because of the chop so low, you got to tilt your head sideways and run and drive. <laughs> yeah. But everybody looks at you when you drive that car down the road. It technically takes two people to drive it because you can't see. You know, the person has to get out if you have to back up. You can't see where you're going. <laughs> it yeah. sounds cool, though. Yeah, it was now, you, fast. You mentioned, it was hot, you mentioned Hot Wheels. Was that built as part of the Hot Wheel build program they were doing? No, I did this in um, in 1997. I signed a deal with Mattel. For this car to come out in 1998, you can still buy it at Target. It's called the Tail Dragger. And like I said, it's a 41 Ford. It came out with the Hot Wheel craze. It's pretty crazy. People come up to me at a show and I'll autograph some of the cars because, like I said, they're still out there. But the purple one is the original one. It, it, the car was purple originally. That would be the one because of the attitude you get when you drive it. And, you know, I've got yeah, like a, yeah. a 50 Willys. That's a seven-second ride, and that's a lot of fun. 
It's noisy, it's loud, but the top four would probably be the way I'd go. Yeah, definitely. That's very cool. Well, we're entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and get some very quick answers from you. Blips of that 41 Ford Hot Rod Coupe. So here we go. What's one of your personal habits, Hot Rod, that you think has contributed to your successes over the years? Oh, geez, the the faith to this um, industry, staying faithful with it, um, finding out the latest craze, you know, listening to your customers, your customers will tell you what their needs are and meeting those needs. And sometimes, you know, a customer tells you something that's way out in left field and like, wow, man, I don't know if that's going to work. But listening to them, they have all the answers. You just got to listen and apply. And it's real important to really, like I said, just listen to what they have to say and, and don't be argumentative with them because they are out there, you know, every day. Sometimes we catch ourselves, we're, we're capsuled in our little world and we don't venture out. Man, the customers are in a different area. So there's a golden nugget quote right there a listen and apply. I love that. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be? Wow, that's a tough one because everybody brings something different to the table. We nice to sit down with George Barris and the talk cars and customs. And then we sit down with Ed Roth. You know, the crazy thing, Ed Roth was, uh, you know, a pinstriper and painter himself. I never learned one thing on pinstriping from Ed. I learned how to do marketing from Ed. He was a smart businessman. And just to pick his brain and we'd sit there and talk for hours about marketing and, and taking a product, like I said, from your idea in your head to, to the shelf. And Gosh, listening to him was so much fun. And then you swing over and you talk to Gene Winfield and just the history that Gene Winfield has in his head is amazing. You talk to him of how he got started in his speed shop called Wendy's and then where he's at today, grasping on this modern technology and applying, you know, he's 94 years old and he's doing the old school with modern technology, which I think is great. And then sitting down with Tommy and talking, you know, drag race, talking how take his four-engine dragster and said, you know, that thing never worked. You had to spin the tires. If you didn't spin the tires, something would break. And, you know, hearing the stories about what it was like to go almost 100 miles now to go over 200 and 300 miles an hour. You know, I asked John Forrest what it was like to to do that, to start out where it's at. He's lived pretty much almost the longest in this industry and went from, you know, right at 120 miles to over 300 and he says the technology is so advanced. He goes, I'm just a, I'm just a passenger now. And he goes, before I could think if something goes wrong, the computer's already pulling the parachute, shutting down, applying the brakes, turning the fuel off. And he goes, and then I start thinking about it and it's already done for me. And just to wow. experience that has got to be an amazing experience to know that 20 years ago, I was barely breaking this speed into what I'm doing now. So it's hard to say you narrow down because each individual brings something different to the table. Well, maybe God. it's a party for you, wow, all those God, guys, you know? It, it, it's <laughs> so, it, there's just so much knowledge. And, and then now, you know, with the girls getting into it, like Bogey from All Girls Garage, what they've brought to the table is a whole nother concept. It's a whole nother design because they're just bringing their feminine side of it. And I, I think it's, awesome of what they're what they're doing you know they're you're, they're looking at things in a different perspective and i love it i embrace all of this yeah it's cool bogey's been a guest here she's wonderful got to talk to her several times at sema shows uh yeah she's bringing in a whole nother facet to this wonderful world how about the best automotive advice someone else has given you can you think of one one cool thing yeah don't give up i mean there was one there you go. 
one guy, his name was Dick Dean, which I'm sure you guys know him, king of the merch. He's the top merch for a living. He has since passed. Mm-hmm. He's the first guy that really gave me a break. He's the guy that started um, showing me the ropes in this industry. Because I was a young punk kid when I started this. And I'm trying to break in technically into an old man's sport. And there was no, I didn't have a reputation with these guys. I didn't have, they didn't know who I was. And once he jumped on and started introducing me around to his friend, there was a trust factor there that I, I couldn't get on my own. Dick Dean was the one that guided me. And I'm close friends with his son, uh, Keith Dean. They call him the kid. And he's continuing his dad's passion and uh, custom cars and shop and merch. And it was him seeing the passion. And it's going to be the same way along down the line. There's going to be that kid that has the passion. And we as adults need to grab a hold of that kid and run with it and show him your secrets and tell him your secrets. Again, it's that concept of grab a kid, take him to a car show. You know, a lot of times I'm not scared to walk up to, up to anybody, whether it's a tattoos or the piercing, if a group of kids are there, I'm the guy that's going to go talk to them. Because even if we talk about, you know, skateboards or piercing or tattoos, the common bond is going to be music and cars, you know, even though they might be in the, the tuner scene, the drift scene or, or four wheel drives, they still have four wheels and an engine and you still have a common bond. So yeah, somebody had to share with Dick Dean, his passion. Somebody had to share with George Barris, his passion. Somebody had to show Ed Roth what a paintbrush was. And it's the same idea. You be that individual. When you see that group of kids, go up to them. And you never know. That's going to be the next Chip Foose. That's going to be be the next Bogey. That's going to be the next Jesse Combs or whoever that person is. And if you had an an inch of that passion for them, gosh, that's that's going to be amazing because you'll be able to say, I knew them when. Yep. Share, 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 share. How about a resource? Is there a go-to for you when you think about maybe it's an app, a website, a particular person, a kind of a, a good resource you might share with others that you like to spend time on? Um, I'm so busy. I don't have time to sit there on social media, believe it or not. It's pretty crazy. Anything I have that I'm going to think about doing, it's usually I share with my father. I got this idea or I think I'm going to do this. And so me and dad will sit down and, and talk it over develop it from there. And then, of course, I share with my wife of where I'm going or what's going to be the next direction we think this career is going to go. So it's usually usually talking to somebody. You know, the websites and stuff are great for informational, but there's nothing like talking to somebody face-to-face and seeing the the look in their face and the passion, you know, on their face. I I know times are different now, but there's nothing like it. I mean, I'm more, I would rather do a phone call or meet you somewhere for lunch than, you know, talk uh, through an email or something like that. You know, call me old yeah. school. I'm stuck in the, the wrong industry, so to speak. But well, no, like it's it. a great, like it's a great thing you're sharing here. And, and it's people can be our best resources. And that's the message I'm hearing you know, from you. How about a book? Is there a, is there a book you might share that you've read that's been an important part of your life? You know, other than God's word, there's, uh, Yes, I have all the the books that you know are out of the market. The Show Car Dreams is a good book to look into. How to Chop Your Chop, How to Chop Your Top by George Barris are good books. I know he written those a few years ago. Yeah. But yeah, it, oh, those again, are, those are good ones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> those are all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll put we'll put those down along with the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah there a good you go. Book, right, Pinstripe Planet by Herb uh, Her Martinez is a good book for reference too, and the Pinstripe End. Oh, very cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'll make sure you can find all these great resources that Hot Rod has shared with us today on his very own page on the Cars Yow website. Just go to CarsYow.com, type in Von Hot Rod, and you will find everything there. All right, we're up to the checkered flag here, my friend. 
This question, though, can be a bit of a doozy for a guy like you. I'm going to alter it a little bit for you because I think it would be a challenge if I kept it as strict as I usually do. I'm going to buy you a very cool collector car today. Any cool car that exists on the planet, I'm going to park it in your garage. What I normally tell people is there's a couple rules here. One is you have to drive it. No garage queens, but I don't think that's a problem for you. You can't sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. But here's the kicker part of it. It's the only one cool collector car you can have. Now, I know you've got cars that you're probably, the shoebox you talked about, you're not going to let that go. So let's move that to the back. Pretend it doesn't exist. If I could buy you any cool hot rod today, what would it be? Probably a chopped five-window coupe fenderless with a Hemi on it and a probably, I don't know, probably a 671 GMC blower sitting on top. With, okay. with zoomies. Yeah. Something simple and loud and obnoxious would be me. So when <laughs> I would pull up, you would know it's me. It's going to have to be black with some red metal flake flames on it and a little bit of pinstriping on the deck lid. Yeah. Not that I've already got this picked out. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not like you have the details picked out at all. My right, right, right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds cool. Definitely when you show up to the party, people know you're there. I can tell you that. Hey, uh, you've taken me on a fun ride today. This has been really great. Your enthusiasm, your positiveness, uh, your attitude is just so spectacular. It's very contagious, by the way. Could you offer our listeners maybe one little piece of wisdom or guidance before you race off down the road in that chopped five wind? (laughs) Well, again, it's going to be my passion is share, is share with the younger generation. Let's let them know that, again, cars are for collecting, not just for transportation. And I know it's a cliche line that I always say, but it's so true. Take a kid to a car show. Show them your passion and what it is to, to sit in that seat. And, you know, if a kid jumps in your car and he gets a little bit of grass on the on the floor mat, you know, clean it up. So what? But just think if you change that kid's mind and that perspective of what he thinks of cars, it's well worth it. You know, so a kid jumps in your car and he drops some ice cream on the seat. You know, we can clean that up. You know, if a kid comes by your car and is leaning on it, share with them why he doesn't lean. Don't just yell at them. Get off my car. Just share with them, you know, that it's a passion what you've got in this pain and what the pain is about and why you're, you know, let them know, let them feel how smooth that pain is. Let them feel the leather. They've got to experience it. Don't chase them away. Let them experience the same passion that you have that he has. Maybe, you know, his father and mother don't, don't like cars or maybe they don't allow him to do that, but show them and it teaches them respect. That way, the next time he goes to a car show or the next car he wants to lean on, he tells his friends, no, 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 don't do that because of, and that's all it is, is education, letting them know. So as, like I always say, take a kid to a car show. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's the best way for people to follow along with your exciting world? Uh, just jump on. You can jump on the website, vonhotrodshop.com, or you can find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook. Everything is at Von Hot Rod. I'm really easy to find. Message me if you have a question. Like I said, I'll share whatever we can, and I will see you at the next event. Absolutely, my friend. This has been great. Thanks for being so generous with your time and expertise and for sharing your incredible life with us. Until you and I talk again, we'll see you down the road. 
Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, this is Mark Green. If you love the Cars Yeah podcast, I have something new for you. I've teamed up with Keith Martin, a collector car market expert and the editor of Sports Car Market Magazine to create the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast. Buy, Sell, Hold is the essence of collecting. Together, we take you on an educational ride into the collector car market, talking with industry experts, helping you navigate your collector car journey so you know when to buy, sell, hold. We talk with seasoned experts, who buy, sell, and hold investment vehicles, and they'll share their insider secrets on how they make their buying decisions when it comes to making these important investments. You'll find the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast on the Cars yeah! website, on the Sports Car Market website, and if you're a podcast app subscriber to Cars yeah! Buy, Sell, Hold will come right to your mobile device, just like the Cars yeah! podcast, automatically. Join Keith Martin and me on a great new venture on the Buy, Sell, Hold podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.